um, God is really speaking to us. So um, yeah, I would really encourage us to have ears to hear because we can miss things if we don't have uh, those ears to hear. Um, this morning, I want to, um, well, I believe that God's put a word on my heart and that word is to stand fast, to stand fast or to stand firm. Um, so that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Um, last week, I was talking to Greg. Greg's here today, isn't he? Um, and we were talking about the recent snow um, that we had, we had experienced. And he told me about some of the antics that he got up to um, back in Romania. I'm not sure if Katerina knows about this or not. Um, but when it was snowing, um, to get up to the top of the hill, he told me that he would wait for a lorry to um, come down the road until it stopped, and then he would grab hold of that lorry um, whilst on his sledge, and then his mate would grab hold of the sledge behind him, and his mate would be behind him on his sledge, and they would literally form like a human train or a human chain, and the lorry would zoom off, um, and they would be off sledging. (laughs) Is that right, Greg? (laughs) Yeah. That is kind of a picture um, of, of standing fast, of holding on for dear life with everything that you've got. Um, And the word stand um, appears many times in the Bible, um, hundreds and hundreds of times. But the word stand fast, it only appears about half a dozen times. Um, And that's because there's something slightly different. There's a different, slightly different translation in the Greek between stand and stand fast. And that stand fast is this idea where you're, you're firm, you're not moving, you're just grabbing on with everything you've got. And I think that throughout the morning service, we've, we've been called to, to stand fast, to get involved, to grab a hold of God. Um, last year, I went to France. Uh, we went to France on a little holiday. And um, we were at the seaside. And um, as you do, you go down to the, the seashore uh, where, the, where the tide had um, just been going out. And I was standing on this uh, part of the sand, which was really wet, um, very soft. And we were standing there for about 20 minutes or so, just talking. Um, and after those 20 minutes, I noticed that the sand had risen right the way up to just about below my knee. I had sort of sunk so deep into this sand. You know what I'm talking about if, you, if you've been to the seaside, of that really soggy, sinking sand almost. And I was like stuck firm in this, um, and I could, I could lean forwards, I could lean backwards and not fall over. It was so, so standing firm within that uh, sand. And uh, someone had to actually dig me out <laughs> to actually get me free. Um, and, and standing, you can stand on something, but you can also stand in something, okay? So Anna was actually standing on the sand. She hadn't sunk into it, whereas I had sunk right into the sand. And there's a difference between these two things. And we're called as a, or in the Bible, we're called to to stand in things like grace, stand on the promises of God, stand in the gospel. But Paul teaches us a few things where we can stand fast in something. Um, And we're going to look at five things this morning that Paul tells us to stand fast in. So that's where we're going. Hope you're with me so far. Amen. Thanks, Jenna. So the first one is, um, we're reading from the New King James. Have you? Is that a problem to change? Didn't tell you that. Thank you. Um, 
The first one is 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. So if you've got a Bible, grab it. We're going to get stuck into the Word of God this morning. Not stuck in the Word of God, but stuck into the Word of God. (laughs) So 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. And I'd love it if we could read these together as we go through. So shall we read together? Yep, it says, Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. So firstly... Stand fast in the faith. My first first thought was, why is Paul teaching this? Why is he instructing the church at Corinthians to stand fast in the faith? You see, they already had faith. Okay, They were already Christians. They were the church. They had the faith. They were doing great things, in fact. They were seeing God move. They were seeing the spiritual gifts exercised in their in their meetings, but yet Paul still saw fit to say, guys, you need to stand fast in that faith. And that's because the Christian life is not all rosy, okay? It's not all brilliant. God doesn't wave a magic wand um, and everything's going to be fine for the rest of your days. Paul knew that more than most, I believe. Here was a guy who had uh, been locked up in prison, he was beaten regularly. Um, he, was, he was arrested many times. He was homeless. He was cold. He didn't have things to eat sometimes. Um, one occasion, he was even stoned, uh, and they left him thinking that he was dead. Paul was a guy that had been shipwrecked. He had spent um, a night and a day in the open waters, and he had done it all for the faith. Here was a guy that knew you needed to stand fast in the faith. It's not always easy. And the, the key thing in this verse that I get is Paul saying, I want you to grab a hold of your faith. You need to search it out. You need to be assured. You need to be convinced of your faith this morning. Um, and the, the next few um, words really emphasize that, saying be brave, be strong, grab a hold of these things. You know, the Bible tells us that we need to be ready to give an answer for what you believe. If someone came up to you in the in the high street tomorrow and said, said, Angela, why are you a Christian? Would you be able to give that answer for that hope that you believe in? The Bible also tells us that we are to, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Grab a hold of your faith. Stand fast in the faith. Now, I don't think Paul was looking for uh, flaky Christians when he, when he wrote this. He wasn't looking for um, Christians that were going to be a bit here and a bit there. He was saying, guys, you need, really need to grab hold of this. And it got me thinking, um, strangely enough, about chocolate, um, as you do. And I started thinking, if, if Paul were a chocolate bar what chocolate bar would he be? Um, now, we've got the youth here today, haven't we? So um, youth love chocolate, right? So maybe you can shout out, have a think. If Paul was a chocolate bar, what would he be and why? Shout it out if you've got a suggestion. A Snickers. Who said a Snickers? Lena. Why, why would he be a Snickers? <laughs> 
translation. Good. The most nutritious. Like it. Okay. Anyone else? Galaxy. Okay. Why? <laughs> Very deep. <laughs> You've been preparing that one before, haven't you? <laughs> Anyone else? A Yorkie. Why? Like it. I was thinking the same. <laughs> Not, not a flake, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking also a curly-whirly, but I thought, no, he's not going to be a curly-whirly because he's going to be sort of, he wouldn't be you know, tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Would he be a Mars bar? Well, it's got a bit of a soft centre. Um, and I, I came, as, as you did, to rest upon the Yorkie, that solid, firm chocolate. <laughs> um, now, I haven't got any chocolate, but I was thinking of getting some chocolate to, to give away, but I didn't quite get to the shops in time yesterday. <laughs> in the Old Testament, Jacob gives us this wonderful example. There's this guy, Jacob, in the Old Testament, and he has a, an encounter with God. He, he meets God, and it so strikes him, there's something about this encounter that he says to, to God, I will not let you go until you bless me. And he says, I will stay up all night until you bless me. Just don't leave me. I need your blessing. I need something of God from from you today. And he wrestles with God all night until God blesses him. And he says, Jacob, no longer will your name be called Jacob, but it will be called Israel. And this is a wonderful picture of, of Jacob grappling with God, grasping hold and standing fast in the faith. So firstly, stand fast in the faith. Secondly, stand fast in freedom. It's Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5 and verse 1. Let's read it together. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Now, one of the hardest things to do, um, or one of the hardest uh, or the biggest struggles that a new Christian will often have is recognising and understanding the freedom that Christ brings. And that's why the Freedom in Christ course um, has, been, has been so successful, I think. Um, because people will say, okay, I understand I, I'm saved, but... That really, really bad thing that I did ages ago, surely God hasn't forgotten about that. Well, yes, he has. That's the freedom of God. He, he completely wipes the slate clean. And when you first meet Jesus, uh, when you first uh, give your life to him, you surrender everything to him, and you, you turn away from your sin, and you say, I'm putting my trust in Jesus Christ. It's at that moment that he comes and he completely breaks you forth, breaks you free from sin. The chains of sin are completely eradicated from your life at that moment. And you were dead. We were dead in our sin, but he has made us alive. There was a time when we were struggling on the floor, crawling and sprawling around on the floor. But what Jesus does is he comes and he literally picks us up and he stands us in freedom. And then he tells us, 
to stand fast in that freedom. This is the instruction that Paul gives to the church of Galatians now. And if we don't continue to stand fast in that freedom, we then get entangled again with our sin. If we're not standing up in freedom, we're sitting down and and sin so easily creeps in. As we heard this morning, it creeps in and tries to grab a hold of us, much like um, a weed would do when you're gardening, those sticky long weeds that grow out everywhere and they just try and grab hold of the plants, don't they, and suck the life out of them. Did you know that as a Christian you can be um, entangled again with a yoke of slavery. Even as a Christian, that can happen. We heard it mentioned uh, about addictions today. These are things that can be broken off. You can be completely free from these things if you stand fast in the freedom. And I was having to think about what it means to stand fast in that freedom. Um, and someone who is standing compared to someone who is sitting, right? The, the person that's standing can see so much further ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm standing here and I can sort of see everybody in the room. I can see the tops of all your heads. I can see right to the back. If I was sitting down, I wouldn't be able to see so far. So when you're standing, you can, you can see the horizon. You can see when sin is approaching your doorway. And also when you're standing, you're, you're better equipped to defend yourself. Uh, imagine if you're having a fight with someone who's sitting on the floor. Okay, you're going to have a much better chance if you're standing up. And that's why God tells us we need to stand fast in these things. Now, standing may be a physical standing or it may be, I think, more so a, a standing, a mindset, um, a position of your heart. You know, someone like, like Doreen is not able to stand for the entirety of the worship. But if we asked you, are you standing in freedom this morning? You would say yes. Praise God. Praise God. So stand fast in freedom. Number three, stand fast in the traditions you were taught. This is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 15 If you come to a book beginning with T, you're very close because they're all together. 2 Thessalonians 2, 15. Let's read it. It says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or by our epistle. So stand fast in the traditions you were taught, whether by word or by a letter, that word epistle means. Now, when I think of traditions, um, I, I would think of someone completing rituals or, or having maybe that outward um, facade of religion uh, a lot of the time. Because people do like to follow patterns and they do like to follow traditions. Um, I remember being at a funeral a few years ago for a colleague at work. Um, and um, it was in a big Catholic church um, with those really um, heavy wooden pews that we sat on. And um, I went in and I sat on the left-hand side in the middle somewhere. 
Um, and it was, I was quite early, and I was watching the people coming in one by one. Um, and they were coming in in ones and twos, and it was very, very silent, um, as these occasions generally are. And then a guy appeared at the main um, set of doors. And as he stood there, he, he did this sort of sign, um, as a sign of a cross, I think. And then he, and he bowed, and he took a step forward. And then he did it again. And another bow, and another step forward. And he continued to do that, each step along the, the main walkway. Imagine him coming down here. Um, and I watched him um, as he was doing his, his cross and his bow. I thought, wow, what a holy man. This must be like the holiest of holiest man. He seems so reverent, so, um, so filled with God, what you could learn from this person. Um, and I, I watched him, and then he chose the row just in front of mine to come in to sit. And he turned into the, the row, and again, he, he did his pattern. He, he bowed, he came forward, step by step, step by step, until he got right up to the, uh, in front of me. And as he did his his cross, and he bowed, and then he smashed his leg on the wooden pew and shouted out a huge swear word. <laughs> and everyone's heads just spun round. <laughs> Thought, Who, who's there to say this? But when I think of traditions, it's quite often you can think of traditions and, and think of a ritual or a pattern, and it's the religion on the outside, but there's no life inside. Yeah, what we're looking for is the, the real life, the spirit of God behind that tradition. Um, and when we talk of traditions here in the Bible, we're talking about um, things that we've been taught that are biblical. Okay, We're not talking about things that you have um, been brought up as a child to believe, maybe by your parents or by school or by friends. These are not the things that have been ingrained by society but the things that have been ingrained by you learning the word of God. These are the traditions which we are called to stand fast in. Now, you, when you were saved, if you've been saved, if you know Jesus Christ as your own saviour, you will have learned that tradition that you were saved entirely by grace alone entirely by putting your trust in Jesus Christ. But if in the future you may come across a Jehovah's Witness and they may try to tell you that you need to work to gain your salvation. If you want to get a spot in heaven, you need to work really hard. And that's when you say, no, I've, I've known the traditions of the Bible and the teachings of the Bible which said, I'm saved by grace alone. And that's when we stand fast in these traditions. So it's really important to understand that word tradition. I, um, I was talking to a colleague of mine at work recently. Um, he's, he doesn't know the Lord. He's very much searching, um, which is really wonderful. Um, and he said to me recently, Steve, this country was built on Christian tradition. It was built on Christian principles. And now everything seems to be going wrong. And he said, I think that's because we're not following and not keeping our heritage, our Christian traditions. And, you know, I would, I would agree with him in that sense. I was talking to um, uh, my old uh, youth leader of many, many, like 20 years ago. I met him recently um, just by a chance. Um, 
And we started talking about various things. And he said to me, he said, as I've got a bit older, um, I've started to wonder about certain things in the Bible. I've started to wonder about certain teachings. I think there's some grey areas. I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, for example, sex before marriage. He said, I'm not so sure about that now. And I thought, no, this is, this is a basic teaching. The Bible is really clear about this. And over time, this person had allowed the world to, to come in because the world really adds pressure to us, doesn't it? It really does put pressure on top of us to conform and to believe in certain things. And he had compromised something that he was teaching us when I was a teenager. And now he's starting to compromise because the pressure's of the world. And we live in a, in a world that maybe 20 or 30 years ago, we would never have imagined what we're seeing today. We're, we're seeing things like um, there's a whole gender debate. Um, as I was um, hearing about recently, that you can, um, I could wake up tomorrow morning and say, I feel like a woman, therefore I'm going to be a woman today. Right? Or, and then the next day I could wake up and think, well, I don't really identify with any of those two, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be neutral. Okay? These are the kind of things that we are dealing with um, in, in this world. And we can compromise upon the Bible's teachings, or we can stand fast in those traditions. And this whole chapter in Thessalonians 2, it, it talks a lot about how the enemy comes in and he deceives. He comes in and he tries to deceive, and it's up to us to then stand fast in that teaching, even when it seems like the entire world is against you, will you stand fast in what you believe? Now, I'm not suggesting that we, we go out and we start petitioning the government and placards and marching up and down Whitehall. Uh, all that's going to do is give me a lot of work to do on Monday morning. Um, <laughs> so choose a different department than mine if you do do that. Um, but we really need to grab a hold of our Bibles. We really need to get stuck into them and understand what they say. There's um, a Bible study series that we have every, every, I think, second week on a Sunday evening recently. Um, and they've been fantastic. And I'm really surprised that there hasn't been more people attending these studies. Because if we really understood the power of the word, if we really grasped what it could do to us, I think we would be flocking to these events. We would be flocking to come and have the Bible explained to us, to study it. We would be thirsty for more of God's word, I believe. So getting hold of that Bible. Fourthly, stand fast in one spirit and one mind. That's in Philippians 1. Philippians 1. Uh, Philippians 1 and verse 27. Okay, let's read it together. It says, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, 
with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. This one, I think, is really difficult. Someone once said, the snowflake is one of nature's most fragile things. But just look at what they can do when they stick together. (laughs) Psalm 133 says, how good and how pleasant it is when people dwell together in unity. And there is something really special and really we should treasure about unity. But I think this is a really difficult one. You may be sitting here this morning and thinking, well, that's great, Steve, but how do I be of one mind with the person that's sitting over there? And you know, it is difficult sometimes. But that's why Paul says, you can't just stand in one spirit, but you've got to stand fast in this. You've got to really jealously guard being of one spirit and of one mind. We accomplish so much more when we stand together in unity. That's why I really love the, the amens of prayers. Yeah, Bev, Bev, you love a good amen, don't you, Bev? <laughs> I love it when someone prays during the service, as we've had today, and as I'm listening, as I'm listening to, to Richard or someone else pray, and I'm thinking, yeah, I really agree with, that, with, that, with the words that that person's saying. And I want to stand with you, Richard, in one spirit and in one mind and agree with you. And so I add my amen at the end of that prayer. (laughs) Um, The Bible in Matthew, Jesus teaches us that if just two people agree about anything on earth, it will be done by them, by our Father in heaven. This is a really incredible verse. It's almost like a a blank ticket that's been written for us. Answers to prayer, if we can just agree. (laughs) I do wonder, do we need to do more agreeing amongst ourselves to see more of the power of God just unleashed in our days? It's a thought. Fifth and finally, stand fast in the Lord. Philippians 4 and verse 1. Let's read. Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Stand fast in the Lord. (laughs) Can't keep her quiet now. (laughs) So there are many differences between, between God and between us. Okay, I think that's very clear. Um, and one, one difference is that God cannot be shaken. He cannot be moved. God cannot be dug around. He cannot be rooted out. He lasts. He remains. God is ever faithful. He is forever loyal and he is enduringly strong and there is absolutely nothing that can remove him from you. Praise God. But friends, we, 
we are a little bit different. We can be moved. And pretty easily at that. And that's why Paul gives us this instruction to stand fast in the Lord, to anchor ourselves in God. And when you anchor yourself in God, when you stand fast in him, you say, I'm putting everything else aside. It's all going out of the window. I'm, stop, I'm going to stop busying myself. I'm going to stop juggling many different activities and spinning lots of different plates. And my, my focus is going to be 100% on God. I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket. And it's going to be the Lord's. I'm going to cleave to him. With all I've got, I'm going to hang on for dear life. This is what it means to stand fast in the Lord. And I wonder this morning, do you feel like you have fallen over at some point? Do you feel like the storms of the, of the life have, have blown you over at some point and you need to get back up again? Well, that's okay because we learned last week, didn't we, that Peter, he made mistakes, but, but God is a God of second chances and third and fourths and fifths. And we can get up again and stand fast in him. If the worship team can, can return, that would be great. We've been really encouraged this morning to respond to God, to, to grab a hold of him, to stand fast in him. And do you know the secret, I believe, to, to standing fast in the Lord? It's all about your roots. You know, a tree will remain in that storm because its roots go deep, deep down. And our roots need to, to come down so much that we cling around the rock that is Christ Jesus. And I would just encourage you to, to respond this morning. And if you're able to stand, stand. Um, we're going to pray and we're going we're gonna to worship some more. If you feel that, that you need to stand again in the Lord, then just make that step right now in your, in your seat of standing up and saying, yes, God, I'm going to follow after you. Yes, Lord, I'm going to cleave hold. I'm going to hold fast for dear life because I know that nothing else is going to hold me. It's just God. And we're going to pray, and then we're going to worship. Uh, and I would also encourage you, if you want to um, have some, some personal prayer, the elders will be down the front. Um, so come forward during our time of worship as well. So shall we pray? Father, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our rock. We thank you that on you we stand on that firm, solid ground. And Jesus, we want to come now and, and say, Lord, here we are. We stand in Christ. We recognize our freedom that we stand in because of what you did upon that cross. We recognize that, that because of you, we can live in freedom and we can live in strength. And God, I pray that you would strengthen our hands, strengthen our feet, strengthen our hearts, Lord, to stand secure and firm in you, no matter what 
may blow against us. Lord, we thank you that you are our defender, our strong tower, our deliverer. We thank you that you cannot be moved and there is no one that can come against you. Father, we do give you praise. Lord, we love you this morning. Yeah, Jesus, we pray our roots would sink deep down into you, that we would grab a hold of you and of your word and each day our roots would be just further and further out into you, Lord God. We ask in Jesus' name and we agree together. Amen.